You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the Shutdown Fullcast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. Uh, I'm Spencer Papa, Hall. Papa, um, why is there not another? Papa, read numbers to me, Papa, like we did in the old country. 4.1569. Oh, here it comes. 8340. Wow. Whoa! Yeah, y'all. What's that? Uh, that, by the way, is not the total from the first item of business we'd like to cover here on the Internet's Only College Football Podcast. Uh, this year podcast has, for a significant amount of time, been a central part of uh, the EDSBS Charity Bowl, hearkening back to EDSBS.com, the Motherland website uh, for many of us here, and also uh, the Twitter name that I work under, um, that extended into Banner Society and SBNation.com. But over the years, all of those sites and communities have added up to uh, 
contribute at this point over a million dollars to the charity of our choice. That'd be New American Pathways. Last week, we asked y'all to give a bunch of money. So at the top of the show here, I want to say one, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can extend that for another 90 minutes and it still wouldn't be enough. We managed to take last year's record of $187,000 or so and uh, <laughs> and and blow it slightly out of the water. Eat shit last year. No, actually, yeah. come back last year. You were Come so back ridiculous. last year. <laughs> come back 2019. Uh, no, you want something good to happen in 2020? It's this. Y'all raised over $450,000 for New American Pathways, a refugee service organization resettlement agency here in Atlanta, Georgia. That number is so big as to not even be comprehensible to my tiny brain. However, I do know because we talked to Pity Mixon, the CEO of New American Pathways this afternoon. Uh, a little bit of what all of that record-setting total is going to devote itself to. Thanks to that money, New American Pathways is going to be able to do things they didn't dream of doing for clients in 2020 and beyond. Some of it's going to go toward rent relief because that is a huge crisis in the United States right now for everyone, but especially for refugees who are economically vulnerable and just trying to get the start on their American dream in their first three to six months of employ. It's going to be a very hard fix for them because many of the industries that they work in have been affected by COVID-19 and its economic impact. Thanks to that money, they'll be able to give them rent assistance, keep them in their homes. That's just one of the things that you'll be able to do uh, with the money that the EDSPS community, the Fullcast community, and beyond managed to raise. And it'll set them up for next year, too, which is great because next year, oh, it's going to be crazy. Either way, uh, no matter what happens in the presidential election, either way, it will provide a serious challenge for refugee organizations and uh, nonprofits like New American Pathways. So thank you for making an impact. Thank you for making a local impact with a global effect. Thanks, all of you. I am floored, blown away, etc. Can we do some congrats? Can we do some congrats first? Can we? Congrats, yeah, sure. to, congrats to Michigan. The money cannon once again. Congrats, as always, to yeah. Michigan. Which is, what, what, what did they land at, Holly? Oh, boy, I closed that spreadsheet. It was like 60 grand. <laughs> it's got to be at least $150. Yeah. It's got to it be like, like 60 grand. Our, for the second year in a row, uh, for those of you who haven't done the charity bowl before, uh, this year ended despite its exponential explosion. Uh, sorry for the alliteration. This year ended like it typically does with Michigan and Georgia Tech out in front. And then above Michigan and Georgia Tech, there is one mega donor from each of those schools conducting like a wizard's duel that doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of us. Uh, but so props th to them for being able to do that. That this sounds where, fun. And the top Michigan donor, the top Georgia Tech donor won for the second year in a row. Uh, it was the it was the Michigan fan for the first few years. Uh, Georgia Tech has has beaten Michigan in single donations uh, two years in a row now. But I got to tell you guys something that a lot of people were surprised by. She likes to remain anonymous, but I feel like our audience would appreciate this reveal. The top Michigan man donor is actually a Michigan woman. Dun, dun, dun. Um, what? Yeah. Um, c 
congrats to Georgia Tech for showing up. Congrats to several SEC schools. I feel like showing out better than they usually do. Can, can I, can I what say what I think happened? Yeah, sure. what happened? I because this is just from watching from tracking these donations year after year and watching the messages that roll in with them. You know, Georgia Tech has always been a big school for us in the Charity Bowl because it's the hometown team for our hometown charity. You know, as uh, as someone said last week, UGA fans don't really like to live where immigrants live. Uh, with some notable exceptions, including the number of people who donated from Georgia this year. This was Georgia's first really, really, really big year in the bowl. But anecdotally, what I have watched happen is Georgia Tech fans have drawn Georgia Tech fans into this. Georgia Tech fans have drawn Georgia fans who have then drawn Alabama fans, who have drawn more Tennessee fans, who have drawn Kentucky fans. This was the first year that the SEC really rolled in en masse. But I do think we can trace that back to Georgia Tech. A human centipede of charity. It's like a, it's it, like a competition chain. <laughs> yeah. Or, so you, or you could call it. Or you could call it what Ryan called it. That's Sorry. that's fine too. That's that's much worse. Yeah. They made a big late run. Now I will say that this uh, there has been no comparative result so far uh, in the Big Ten until this year. Ohio State made a valiant run uh, this year, but. No one could catch Big Blue. It was not uh, happening. Congrats to Slippery Rock. Finished, I think, 12th or 11th. Yeah, this is the year like the that. Michigan Money Cannon got bored and decided to just try and set up a second Money Cannon pointed at Slippery Rock. Oh, nice. Nice. Because Slippery uh, Rock is like Michigan's like backup fandom. Like, Yeah, like if, you're, if the... you're not aware of this, they have this tradition at Michigan games that has been going on for ages and ages of broadcasting the Slippery Rock score during games. And... I watched this happen on Twitter as several Michigan fans, including our Michigan super donor, were like, okay, y'all, we got to figure out some way to keep this exciting because we're this far ahead. Let's see how far up in the standings we can push Slippery Rock. Congratulations to Nightham University, the University of Nightham, whichever you prefer. Finished ahead of Harvard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last but not least, congratulations to Holly for surviving what I imagine must have been just spreadsheet hell. I called in the literal cavalry about Wednesday night last week in tears. Uh, and I brought in one of my best friends who is a double degreed Virginian and whose career path uh, track has gone. She didn't listen to this podcast, so I can tell you her career path has gone Bain, Hillary, McKenzie. And so I frankly felt like she owed the universe. When you said literal cavalry, I was hoping that you knew a horse who was awesome at Excel. I'm very good. (laughs) I I called in my favorite Virginia Cavalier, uh, who is uh, the most evil corporate genius I know, because when you really got to fuck a pivot table, there's you can't do it with the good guys. There you go. But anyway, this would not have been done without her. Uh, An extremely expensive basket of baked goods is on my way or is on the way to her house. Um, yes, thank you, darling. I will not name you on the air. The kindest gift you can get on the full cast. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this is this is to speak to speak well of my enemies, as one does. Oh boy. Yeah. No. 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 That'd be great. You, you know who came through hard? Notre Dame. And it, uh, no. Wh- hey, not not just that. A we lot have of schools a, who never had before, including Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Y'all showed up huge. Like showed up huge. Now, admittedly, you're all going to have to go home in two weeks. Hey! No, Tennessee no, no. had never finished. The first few years of the Charity Bowl, Tennessee was like me and a couple of the guys from Rocky Top Talk. And 
this was the first year Tennessee finished ninth, which is by far the best finish they've ever had. Uh, Virginia Tech beat Virginia. We should note that's always a battle. Washington and Lee cracked the top 10. Uh, and Louisiana Tech also cracked the top 25, thanks mostly to Skip our lunatic friend of the program, Chaco Taco. Oh. Hello. We love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that was The insane. Aggies did well, right? Is this, is this the, normal? Uh, oh, oh, Texas prevailed this year. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I must. Um, why did you mention them? Why? Texas, not that they're rivals, but Texas beat Texas A&M by like 6,000 bucks, which is unprecedented. That yeah. was a wow. huge upset from a little upstart like Texas. Uh, and Pitt was 17th, which I know you all know. Northwestern, the private schools never come through big. Northwestern was 16th this year. Learning that Texas beat Texas A&M makes me want to invest in renewable energy. Like, I feel like now is the time. Solar yeah. is here to stay. I do yeah, appreciate it. It's over. <laughs> Can I shout out a few of our of our SB Nation uh, colleagues and former colleagues on the way? Because one other big thing we had this year, this – I don't know if the the perception was just that, you know, we're a bunch of idiots and who knows what this money is going to, or if people just don't like supporting refugees. But in previous years, we have not had a lot of peers in the media uh, show up to donate for this thing. Like our our friends have not promoted it, uh, our friends at other outlets, with the notable exception of the guys at AL.com who come through big every year. Well Um, tied. And this year we had uh, we had Golick Jr. running his own thing for Notre Dame. We had the Georgia Tech radio crew, like sending out signed merch to everybody who donated. Uh, we had from SB Nation. We had the guys at Good Bull Hunting, the guys at the Champagne Room, uh, streaking the lawn got in there. Bucky's fifth quarter got in there, uh, especially Jay Arnold from Texas A and M. Uh, made yeoman's efforts podcat was in there big for us and if i missed you i'm sorry but uh, my mentions and my spreadsheets have been a nightmare but we had so much support uh from our our pals in the non-football oh and media and, and, yeah and yeah amanda mole at the atlantic yeah got, amanda got, got, georgia, got involved. georgia started <laughs> amanda mole yeah. might be the only reason georgia fans woke up at all but like football and and not that any of us are football media right now but we had more support from our industry peers this year, which we'd ever have, and more donors, like by hundreds of individual donors than we've ever had before. Yeah, just an insane effort on everyone's part. So Arkansas at 24. Yeah, Sorry, t- I just saw that and I wanted to remark on it again. I mean, if you want to see a ranked Arkansas, I know where you can do it. This is your last <laughs> chance for a while. Colorado State and Colorado, both in the top 25. Minnesota and Wisconsin had a big duel going there. But it, this was – we didn't even think we were going to meet last year's total, let alone multiply it. And this was the best possible surprise. We are doing this episode, which is a golf disasters episode. Oh, right. Because it was a stretch goal. <laughs> and that that stretch goal was at like what two twenty five two fifty and this was the yeah. this was a stretch goal on like Thursday right yeah. and then there were Correct. still three days to go. <laughs> but yeah. We also just quit doing stretch goals after that day because we did not know when this was going to stop. We yeah. just kind of sat there and watched. I also feel like with golf, you don't want to stretch too much. You know, that's that's like exercise. This is true. Stretching is for sports. You want the natural yeah. tension of the body. Yeah, you ever seen a cheetah stretch? Uncoil. 
uncoiled. Neither a cheetah nor a golfer. <laughs> Two right. equal caliber athletes. Neither a cheetah nor a golfer be. Cheetah. I like when people say, hey, man, you never see a cheetah stretch. I'm like, yeah, they live seven years. <laughs> and they Ch- can run they can run like nine seconds and then yeah and then they go to sleep john daly can't do distance but quick bursts quick That's bursts it. when you see yeah, when you see him don't you think man that looks like an athlete with speed when burst. john daly is 40 yards away from you it's already too late it's already <laughs> that's because you're somewhere John Daly would be, and that's not good. <laughs> and you have lung cancer, is what that says. Yeah, that's, Jesus, put colorful pants. How do I have cirrhosis of the lungs? <laughs> you looked at him the wrong way. That's how. Delightful. So that was awesome. That was that was that was very cool. That was great, fun, and inspiring. Um, it, it was very fun to watch. It was like uh, day one. Uh, Almost an ominous feeling of like, oh, this, this is the big one, huh? We, oh, we've, dear. Aw- we've awoken something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I was going to ask, Jason, there, this was not the only good thing to happen in the last week. It was really good, but it's not the only good thing. Uh, there are several good things. First, let's break <laughs> because we've gotten a lot done here today. Uh, just because we mentioned Michigan's adoption of Slippery Rock. Home Field Apparel, your number one source for incredibly comfortable collegiate apparel. Just fucking nailed it. Possibly, at some point soon, might be introducing merch that has something to do with a certain college adopted by the University of Michigan fans. Possibly. Just might. You can have 20% off your purchase of... Any any junior college, not not a junior college, <laughs> Slippery Rock is now a JUCO. Uh, in any college that you or your general fan base have adopted, 20% off with the offer code FULLCAST at homefieldapparel.com. Maybe uh, maybe you want to adopt uh, Wofford or App State. Good luck trying. Good luck trying to wrangle them. You know, I was going to say, are you in an apartment? Because <laughs> you should adopt the Wofford because they have the terriers now i don't know if the mountaineers mascot is one uh allowed out of his house due to being on house Yosef? arrest oh yeah Yosef. Yosef yeah? is gonna eat you out of house and home i think if you try to purchase the the county in which he resides um yeah you're gonna have to root him out of there but it's gonna be worth it adoption's yeah. just a form of arrest if you think about it I love that Yosef always looks like he's about three seconds away from going, ATF's here! (laughs) (laughs) Gotta skedaddle! Meanwhile, the Wofford Terror is just like, ah, my eyes! So far on the side of my head! Uh, Let's see. You could adopt uh, Big Red from WKU, homefieldapparel.com. You'd have that thing in your house. You know, like some, some municipalities have regulations of what kind of animals you can and can't have. There is no law against a Big Red. You can't regulate that thing. You can do well, what you can do what many of us have done and adopt Indiana as one of your teams. How did we get here? How did we get to the point where I had to watch Indiana play a bowl? I know, I know. I had to watch Indiana lose to Tennessee in a bowl game and it made me sad. Hey, it's not like I thought that was gonna happen either. Don't yell at me. God damn it. You could adopt the Akron Zips. Who would not want to adopt a kangaroo? They they that will hurt your credit, just so you know. This can- kangaroos notoriously enumerate. <laughs> you know those, okay, you know those t-shirts that you can get in Myrtle Beach that have like a bikini body or a tuxedo on them? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want 
one of those Akron shirts, but it's just the shape of Terry Bowden. We can probably <laughs> get that made at, 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 at home, home field. homefieldapparel.com. That's 20% right. off your Terry Bowden body shirt with the offer code FULLCAST. This is where to they're going to be clear, draw I would like line. him to be clothed. Thank yeah. you. Okay, I see. So he's just wearing wow. like an ill-fitting hoodie? I really just want to – you know, he had that, that period for a while where he was he was real ready and he was coaching at a school where in the right lights that blue can show up purple. And he just had a real Violet Beauregard vibe going sure. for a while, and I dug that. What if it is a shirt of Terry Bowden's body wearing a Terry Bowden body shirt? Wow. Oh, wow. The next, the like, Nexus. Anytime anyone looks at it, their mind scrambles. This is how Home Field Apparel cracks like the Tokyo fashion scene. <laughs> Homefieldapparel.com, the most fashionable brand on earth and looking at it is the same as drugs. Damn. That's legally true now because you said it. Under Indiana law. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Spencer, bring us our last piece of forecast business. Last piece uh, this week, we uh, launched a newsletter that, you know, you might want to subscribe to. That would be... Uh, Why? The, we launched it because we have four people, the Moon Crew. That would be Jason Kirk, Alex Kirshner, Richard Johnson, and myself. Oh, those are good reasons. Yeah, excellent reasons. Wouldn't you want to read stuff that we write, both about college football and beyond? Wouldn't you want to see in your inbox, you have a new email from Moon Crew. <laughs> The yeah. irony of Spencer asking if we want an email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and also, who wouldn't want an email? From Spencer. Right. It's the only email you'll ever get from Spencer, listener. I can guarantee that. But it's email. probably very costly, right? No. No, for the low, low price of zero dollars. That's why we call it Moon Crew, because there's two zeros to spell moon. Uh, sure we can retrofit that reason <laughs> sure that's, that's um, how you spell moon have you guys got merch with frank beamer and the double zero thumbs up going into overtime yet we are going to hire frank beamer just so we can do this mooncrew.substack.com free to subscribe if you would like to donate there is a ko-fi co-fi you'll figure it out it's linked all over that thing it's very easy to find uh we uh plan to publish at least two newsletters a week uh, if Alex really catches catches the blogging spirit, it might be seven. You never know. But we're we're, we're going to shoot for at least two. We're going we're going to play it casual, keep it cool. Uh, we're, we're under the assumption there will be no college football this season, so we're really going to try and pace ourselves. But uh, we 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 like blogging, so uh, we wanted to make sure we have a place to blog. Now we got a place that's, to blog. That's true. I, you, you know what, Jason? I'm just going to make a little editorial decision here on the air. Just we're going to have a little meeting. Can All I right. write something? Can I write something about Holy Moly? Can I just write something about how awesome Holy Moly is? Uh yeah, what is that? Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. You said yes, so it's Jason, done. This is a television program you may actually appreciate. Okay, I know it sounds holy. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, it's in the Bible. That's why they call it holy moly. <laughs> so this TV show is in the Bible. Uh, one yes, it's in the Bible. Is it's Joe Tessitore Catholic? I mean, yeah. Ezekiel sees some shit that r it reads like a TV show. Well, listen, if you read the book of Ezekiel, you will see something that I can twist into a definite prophecy foretelling the arrival of Holy Moly. Holy Moly is kind of like a cross between MXC or any Japanese game show and extreme putt-putt. So okay. imagine imagine a series of very theatrical, huge putt-putt holes uh, shot through with 
obstacles and insane things you have to do. People are the balls. Um, People are the mooncrew.substack.com. That's not right at all. (laughs) People are the balls. People are the balls. Uh, We will clarify that in uh, a newsletter entry (laughs) that I write. People are the balls. Within the next two weeks or so. Yeah, people are the balls. Anyway, it's a wonderful show. It's got, um, if you are a college football fan listening to this, and why would you do that? Uh, <laughs> Joe Tessitore is the host. I love Joe T because he reached the peak of broadcasting by holding the Friday night ESPN college football gig, turning it into a nonstop fountain of unpredictable chaos every single week. Then got the Monday night football gig. Uh, I mean, I guess. Prestige gig, whatever, right? Monday night, biggest gig in football. And uh, after that ended, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out with Rob Riggle, and I'm going to laugh at people falling off of obstacles. And honestly, it's my new career path. It's my dream. so happy, and I'm so thrilled for him after he was cruelly taken from us and stuck on Monday nights. I'm so glad to see him thriving. He's happy. He's happy because people are the balls. People are the ball. <laughs> now, is Rob Riggle doing stunt work, or is he like pointing and laughing at these folks? Um, he is definitely pointing and laughing. My favorite running gag on the show involving Rob Riggle is whenever any of the contestants fall off of the obstacles and into the water or onto the pads, uh, he goes, oh, God, oh, God, well, she's dead. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, God. She was so young. <laughs> if this is like 2015 or something and you're like, you should watch this show. Rob Riggle's on it. I'm like, oh, that's not cool. But right now, I'm like, that sounds like just the jolt of wholesome energy I need in my life. Give me the Rob Riggle. Let me I tell want the you. Rob Riggle content right now. Let me tell you, the Riggle Tessator connection, it's real TV magic. I'm not even lying. Not even being a dick. It's real TV magic. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. There we go. Something else you can get by subscribing to mooncrew.substack.com. Also, speaking of, um, <laughs> this sport sort of sounded like golf. Golf gone wrong. It sounded right? like golf gone wrong, which I will tell you, for 98% of the people who ever pick up a golf club, there is no difference between golf gone wrong and golf. None. It's the same thing. The stretch goal for this episode that we mentioned, the the, the charity goal, uh, was it Spencer was a golf agreed. stretch? <laughs> Spencer yeah. agreed to do to host a golf uh, a golf podcast. Yes, uh, the simplest thing to do, the simplest way to fit that within the brand of the podcast Spencer currently hosts is to do a golf disasters episode. So we sent out a call, and folks, golf is hard. That's that's golf, the takeaway for me. That's a, we've learned tonight two things tonight: people are balls, and <laughs> and golf is hard. That's what we've learned. Well, I, I, I think I've explained to each of you in some format my theory that golf is the cruelest sport. I haven't heard this, I don't think. So most sports have a an end limit of some sort that has nothing to do with how good you are. Like a tennis match is played until a certain number of games and sets have been won. And, uh, yeah, and m- most sports have the fourth dimension of time, too. Right. Football, mm-hmm. basketball, these are just time-based sports. Baseball's, like, kind of in the middle there, but even there, like, it has definitive, like, okay, we're going to get through 27 outs, and then in theory, the game will be over. Golf, and, and my point is, if you're bad at those sports, it doesn't really change 
how long you have to do them. In some cases, it actually sort of speeds it up. If you suck at tennis, man, tennis is over real quick. You can be done with that shit in 27 minutes, no problem. If you are bad at golf, it just gets longer. You just have to do more of it. Like, that's that's the insane part to me. Because, yeah, you have to get through 18 holes. But golf doesn't care, like, whether you're taking five strokes, 10 strokes, 12 strokes, whatever. Golf will just say, no, eat more of this because you're, you're bad at this. Therefore, you must eat more of it. How Scottish. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> rough. Golf it's is the sitcom rough. dad that tells you you have to smoke the whole carton of cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> the whole carton. Like, the idea behind golf is that if one is excellent at it, there will be less of it. <laughs> that's, and that's the incentive to get good at golf so that you don't have to play <laughs> as much golf. You could, in theory, never get off a golf course. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Under the rules of the game, you could die there. Oh, sure. it okay. Is, so it, it is the David. It is the David Hume sport because you said the you, magic words "death in golf." And yeah. now, I did. Yeah, I did because because David Hume said, "You know what? You only assume the sun's coming up, and golfer, you only assume you're going to go to the next hole." That. That's not guaranteed. Not at all. Um, before we dive into, <clears throat> I think, mostly reader submissions, can I share with you the first record of golf in America? Yes, please. Yeah. It's December 1650, and we are in Fort Orange, New Netherland, which is basically what where Albany is now. So we're in Albany in December. And some Dutchmen go to a tavern after a game of golf. And they, I don't exactly know, the records are unclear as how many Dutchmen there are. But what is known is this. There was a bet on the golf, and it involved the winner getting brandy from the losers. Now, there is a kerfuffle at the tavern, because the winner accuses the tavern owner's wife basically of shorting him drinks of like she has written down in chalk how many drinks he is owed and she erases them as she hands the drinks out and he says hey you've erased errantly <clears throat> drinks that i'm supposed to get this leads to a fight between one of the golfers and the tavern owner and the other golfers join in the tavern owner and one of the golfers, but not the one who started the fight, end up killing each other over the accusations. But, he, but here's the good news. They manage to apologize to one another before they die. <laughs> Golf, the gentleman's game. Nine years later, the government of Fort Orange bans playing golf in the streets because, and these are their words, it causes great damage to the windows of the houses, it exposes people to the danger of being wounded, and it is contrary to the freedom of the public streets. So if you were to go back to 1657 Albany, you would see a bunch of Dutch, Dutch assholes playing golf in the street and possibly talking about, hey, remember that golf match that got so heated a guy killed a tavern owner and vice versa, but don't worry, they both said they were sorry. 
I'm just picturing Fast and Furious 1 when they're like, <laughs> oh shit, the cops are coming. <laughs> We're going to golf for pink slips until the cops show up. This is this is the first uh this is the first record of golf in the continental United States is Man. a double a double murder and people just playing golf in the middle of the street and hitting windows and passersby. Golf is way more interesting than I thought. This is at least the second time golf was banned. Um, my people bear the the moral burden of having invented it, and it is quite possible that some of my direct ancestors influenced the early uh, golf universe. Uh, Fife in Scotland, St. Andrews, uh, that is where half of my family comes from, and the name uh, Kirk suggests somewhere near a church. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite possible that I, I, I bear the sin of golf. But James II, the king... Uh, around the time banned golf because it was taking away from archery practice. This was also the same king who, when he was 10 years old, was part of the event that is inspired the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. So, uh, very... On which side? Very <laughs> he survived it. So, <laughs> so you know what? Good for him. Whatever so role he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't say too much about uh, I'm sure he'd made hey, a great choice. I'm, I'm proud great, of Jimmy two times. Jimmy two times made it. <laughs> What a hell of an internship. <laughs> he was 10 at the time. Yeah, I'm, that means he I definitely did that shit. A 10-year-old a ten year old in his era? It's like a 40-year-old now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, listen, I'm going to die at age 13. Just let me have this. He's like, get me a knife. Let me stab somebody I hate. Please. And put um, that putter down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's archery time. Who you bastard, if you want to kill me, you do it like a man with a bow. Yeah, big old nerd. I do think there was a missed opportunity to just train Scotsmen to go to war with golf, just hit golf balls at their enemies. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we tried that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure like when the, you know, when the Vikings invaded, like that was the entire plan. Mm, okay. You know. Um, do, do any of us have personal golf stories by chance? Spencer, you've been to the Waste Management Open, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, if you haven't been, by the way, closest comparison to uh, the ugliest world's largest cocktail parties I've been to is the Waste Management Open. That's, it's just an open, it's just a glorious, colorful, fragrant, open <laughs> toilet of festivity and debauchery. The entire thing. If you've never, if you've ever wanted to go to. see of the name. Yeah, no, it is no like that's the deal. You're like, yep, this is the waste management open. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to follow around the worst examples of toxic toxic masculinity, who are all trailing tiny Ricky Fowler in his Oklahoma State hat and yelling, "Big Dick Rick!" after every drive, go ahead and it's you're like they're not going to say that again. And Ricky Fowler like does a gentle supple chip shot out of the rough and it trails ever so gently and precisely to within three inches of the hole putting him in position to save par on a hole where he might have hit double bogey and then out of the silence someone in a barstool shirt goes big dick rick that that's the waste management and then ryan lochte gets his wings and then yeah (laughs) ryan lochte We can't let Ryan Lochte in the skies. <laughs> no, no, you've just made him more powerful. Do you know how stupid he is up there? 
This is not oxygen. He's even that, dumber. No, he's a, he has gills. That might actually. Oh no, that'll make it worse. Yeah. No, no. It's it's amazing that he's been this good in the water without gills or really breathing regularly for most of his life. Oh my um, god! I just realized he's like a reverse the abyss. Yeah, his brain's a, his brain's a toadstool. You just put it in a dark anaerobic space overnight, and it's fine. It actually gets stronger. I only brought this up because I know how much you love Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. I do. It's true. She's and Ed Harris. No. I wasn't gonna. Ryan, please don't bring this up again. Don't. <laughs> it's a special thing I have. Um, so, yeah, my I've been to the Waste Management Open, but I was raised on golf and have a very torn, intense relationship with it in that um, I don't like it. I don't like playing it. It's fine to watch now, like especially as especially as a methadone sport in uh, in the age of covid golf's fine. I'll watch golf any day. Like, sure. You know, it's also like a really hard sport to broadcast. And now like my broadcast nerd, eye kind of takes over when I watch this and I'm like, Oh man, you guys are doing really amazing work because do you know how you cover a golf tournament? If you've ever been to one as a media member, you sit in the media center and watch the TV and occasionally walk out and tra and trail somebody because otherwise you have no idea what's going on because like 36, 40 different people are all wandering the course doing different things all at once. It's it's impossible. If you wonder why all golf literature uh, before like 1970 is like, so there are only three golfers. Uh, that's because there's the only people <laughs> you could follow around. That's it. Everybody else was like, and I guess that guy's okay. Yeah, that's what I heard. Heard he was good. Um, so golf's fine, but I grew up playing golf. And I will tell you, as a non-athlete with zero talent athletically, nothing's more embarrassing than growing up playing golf. Nothing. It's horrible. I really, you know, I won't play basketball, right, Ryan? I won't. You, yeah, no, you, you've, you've, you've made it very clear that even if we left you alone with no cameras and nobody watching with a basketball and a hoop for hours, you would never touch the basketball. No, because somebody might be watching. You'd say, oh, <laughs> nobody's watching. And I'd be like, bullshit. And then God descends and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's a trash jumper, son. <laughs> God's watching and he's like, God, did I make you with short legs on purpose or did you just piss me off? I made you in my own image and God, I hate myself. I yeah, made that's... you in my own image and God, my torso is just freakishly long. Yeah. God, you have no touch whatsoever. Um, that is, that is, golf is worse. God golf... is shaped like a fire hydrant. Golf for somebody who has no innate motor coordination or skill is embarrassing doesn't describe what golf is because, Ryan, you said, oh, yeah, you know, like golf, there's really, you might never make it off. Some of us have experienced this firsthand. Some of us, when when we attempted to tee off, as I did, in golf camp, please imagine the hell. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, it was like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. How, how old are you? How old are you at golf camp? Let me talk to Golf Camp Spencer. <clears throat> golf Camp Golf Camp Spencer is <laughs> a naive Ryan. and yet already broken uh, eleven years old. Oh no! no. That's uh, so they just. How many kids are here at Golf Camp? Uh, there are about fifteen. Fifteen, and you play in groups of like you know you play in foursome, so you play in yeah. like four kids alone, right? And oh, God, there is so much bullying. Oh yeah, and I line up for my first drive and the tour pro wait spencer where was this what state? this was this was in this was in franklin tennessee oh no mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We're this is like right now. This is the Batman origin story. That so we're this is to. golf camp with expectations, parents. Uh, yes, yes, including right. the tail end of my father's. The, my I I done a really good job of killing any managing, expectations, managing expectations, strangling <laughs> this, this right now, destroying every day with my very person and being. This moment that we're watching is when your dad is like, "All right, this it's, is this no, is it. If it's either the, this or nothing, like, on to <laughs> the next son." Right. <laughs> it's kind of like like at that yeah, point that work out? at that point in my relationship with with my family, I am at that point the useless animal at the zoo who was acquired with another animal and who is then put like, I don't know, it's a llama. What does it do? It's just it's just llamas. All the kids go to see the panda. We don't know what to do with this thing. It's just weird. Llamas are cool. Yeah. I'm the hornbill. The hornbill who's like, Hey, I'm a bird that eats meat and was like, Ooh, What's that? No, that's cool. That's a dinosaur. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's. You see, it's way it's way cooler sounding in theory until you go, "Hey, kids, that's a bird that eats meat," and they're like, "Let's go look at something else." So, I go to golf camp and I tee off, and my first tee shot when I line up, and I've never been able to hit woods. The one thing I can do is putt. Like, if you want to know the one thing that stuck, is going to mini golf when I was like nineteen and in college. And just destroying the course and going, how did I do that? It was well, like... Well, putting is the roulette of golf. Yeah. You just have to have a good attitude, right? Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. It does make a lot more sense. You have to, And you have to like have absolutely no fear of failure, which having failed at the rest of golf, I had no fear of putting. Because, oh, screw you. This is trash. This, this sucks. I can do this part. This isn't hard. God, you people. You're never going to whiff. No, you're never going to whiff on a putt, right? Also, you're never right. going to have, like, the expectations. Well, all right, you'll probably never whiff on a putt. Someone well, I'm sure has whiff, done it. If you it'll look like a practice. It'll look like a practice stroke. Sure. Right. right. It, it, it's more likely that you can play it off. Not yes. if you do it enough times in a row. <laughs> Just <laughs> very diligent. I, I will save the story of how bad I am at golf for my turn. Right. So I line up, and the first thing I do is I top the ball off, and it doesn't even get past the ladies' tees. By topping it off, I mean you hit it with the bottom half centimeter of the club and then send it going tuk, 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 in front of these three kids who immediately are like, and any 11-year-old knows this, there's a moment around your fellow kids when you fail at something and everyone looks at you and goes, you're the one who dies on the island first, right? And that's golf, what they're all golf doing. Golf island. You die on golf, golf island, <laughs> piggy. Spencer, <laughs> right? That that sounds like you just did an onside kick i did which would be cunning in another sport that's really i really should but have thought thing about, about it that golf way. is when you do an onside kick you do indeed get to retain possession of the ball <laughs> that's a terrific point jason it's a and possession I, game and it doesn't even have to go 10 yards <laughs> now i did not walk the 15 feet forward to take my second shot <laughs> why not because well because i was first and mm -hmm. i broke the seal and was immediately like, oh, there's the kid we're going to kill and eat. And yet, the second kid I was with lined up, ha took his shot, and he was a bigger kid, like a taller kid. One of those early bloomers who was already kind of like probably 15 or 16, right? Probably needed to shave. It was huge. I was like, oh, this kid's going to crush it. He'll probably hit it through the air. Like, it's a miracle when a kid hits it through the air much less with any accuracy. And he hit, he hit it through the air all right. He went whack 
and hit the hardest shank I have ever seen in my life. Flew ah. about 30 feet out and about 20 feet up, hit an oak tree, and it made like the cartoon like noise, like bonk, yeah. bounce back and hit one of the other kids in the balls. And here's <laughs> nice. And and though I had see nothing to me is funnier than sports played badly and of the sports being played badly in the universe. The only thing funnier than baseball played badly is golf played terribly. I've never been able to stop laughing at it. I've never ever not been able to crack up. It's a problem when you see a pro do this because I've seen pros do this and I've been on the course when pros take a terrible shot and if it's bad enough I bust out laughing like a dick like some guy who has made three million dollars to be 30th in every tournament hits a shank and I lose it like I am watching my dad right every time and they get like the golfer will look at you like what the fuck's up man <laughs> you're a complete loser and I'm like but I didn't do that <laughs> Yeah, but you are here to entertain me. So. Yeah, no, I mean, this is what you get paid the money for. You get paid $3 billion, and you get free golf pants for life, and I get to laugh at you, and we're going to have to be okay with that contract. Whenever somebody says, what do you mean sports bring people together, just tell them that story. Yeah, the best part about the kid shanking a ball so hard that it flew immediately back and hit another kid in the balls is that the third kid was immediately the one owned not me who topped off like no. seconds earlier and hit a ball 15 feet not this idiot who shanked a ball 45 degrees in the wrong direction and destroyed this other kid's testicles and injured him no the kid who got hit in the balls who was the best golfer of the three of us by the way that was the guy good take him who, out yeah that's <laughs> strong that was strong strategically that's a strong move yeah spencer do you ever think he he did this as a favor to you you know what if he did then i really owe him i really did because i just disappeared for the rest of the day where you know you the other kids are like one set of tracks in the golf course that's where the nurse had to where come you saw but one bruise on that other kid's nutsack mm -hmm. by the way at golf camp i never remember finishing with the foursome <laughs> like i think i was so oh. bad they just left so I was just like kicking my ball along. Eventually rolled up to the clubhouse. <laughs> when are you bailing? Or is it like the, the fourth hole? or? Um, I started walking after like the fourth or fifth hole. You know, you go, all right, that's a pretty good effort. I think the real lesson here is that um, you shouldn't pay for your kids to do things they don't want to do. No, don't. It's not worth it. They'll hate it. All the memories will be bad. And it'll just be blank space in life. You can do that by just keeping them home to do nothing or clean. <laughs> uh -huh. I, that's, um, my golf, that's my golf story. <laughs> I was not raised uh, as a golfer. Uh, we, were, we were very much a football, basketball household. Um, also, we couldn't afford golf. Um, but in high school, I happened upon rich friends, including several who lived like around a golf course. Um, and we would mainly use it for really stupid shit like like midnight paintball or like oh all our girlfriends are coming to egg this house well we're gonna egg them you know just like stupid like prank stuff um but one day we went out to like okay we're gonna we're gonna play golf for real um and i remember we got kicked out because we refused to wear polo shirts uh our, our rebel, moral principles rebel. would not be compromised for for golf and that that was it that was the end of my golf career why does golf make make you wear a pole? Like, why? 
Uh, it's for safety, I think. You know, it's like wearing a helmet <laughs> in any other sport. Like you don't want to get you don't want to get skin cancer the sun on your, off neck. your neck. Yeah, uh, and you don't want to. You know, if if someone launches a ball and it bounces off an oak, you don't want to catch it in the, you know, in the jugular. Sure. It and also allows balls to be stored, rolled down in the collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're doing some sort of a some sort of a trick play, you know, you want the, you like you how want, tennis to be players to... keep them in their pockets. Sure, and then you can Dilophosaurus style frill it open and shoot. Yeah, for intimidation. Everywhere. If you're having like a yeah. duel, uh, or you know, if you're like a baseball pitcher, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're like you're reaching back there for the ball with a little bit of you know a little magic on it, and like, mm-hmm, oh, this mm-hmm. is the one. Then pow, that's it's got the extra you know the extra English flying through the air. I and sort of like navigating the trees like it's um. Uh, like it's a homing beacon. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's got real good neck sweat on it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's actually a Scottish thing to let you know that you're not a uh, that you're not an orangeman. They're like the Dutch can't mm. wear these. It's true. Right. Oh yeah, because they got yeah. the big fucking frilly. Like they look like walking sunflowers. Right? Exactly. Like, They'd be like, no, no, I no, but a <laughs> laddie, but a humble Scot, but a humble Scot with your tiny collar. You can see the sun behind me. That's what it is. It's like to to demonstrate that you are alone. You know, right. you're not obscuring like five other other uh, golf warriors. You're not one of those roundheads, are you? No, no, no. Because a roundhead can't fit his head through that collar. See, see, Spencer. Spencer this might be your best accent. Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna never do it again. I hit 100. percent I hit 100 <laughs> so percent on this. I'm just going back off it. All, all this really tells me is that he's watched. He's just watched a lot of Ducktales. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, that's if you were really, man. Listen, the new DuckTales slaps. The new DuckTales is great. The new DuckTales is unre. I will say this: it's unreasonably good. I was like, I did not. I was not prepared to undergo this much emotion in an afternoon, and also be entertained by a children's cartoon. Like they did some smart shit by doing things like retaining the theme song and whatnot, but also. The writing is just terrific. It's very, it's very much a product of, like this this century and this time. They, they, they. In case I didn't know, I wasn't already in trouble. They put lyrics to the moon theme, and make it a, a part of uh, the lore of Huey and Dewey and Louie's mother coming back from the moon, where she's been lost and imprisoned for ten years, while they became little ducklings. It's heartbreaking, man. It's heartbreaking. Um, Holly, do you have a, a golf story? Not, I have a golf adjacent story. I, I grew up in a golf forward household of which I was not really a participant. Uh, my father is an avid golfer and, uh, belongs to the local country club. My hometown is very small, so uh, you've got to put a heavy hillbilly spin on this when you think of country club as such. Uh, there was an annual tournament that was always staged uh, to coincide with the year's first Tennessee football game at which the prize handed out for the lowest net one-day score was a taxidermied armadillo in somewhat poor state of repair. What does that mean? Like, I know if, if I were to buy a book and it was listed as somewhat poor, that would mean, like, the binding's a little frayed and it doesn't it's, have a cover. What does that not, mean for a taxidermy armadillo? Yeah, Same it doesn't thing. have a cover. It's it's a little it's a little rickety. Um, it's it's got. I didn't know armadillos had had whiskers, but the whiskers are are falling out in patches as though the armadillo has developed mange. 
also at some point uh, over the years, the armadillo, you, you, whoever went home with the armadillo was required to keep it in their home for the subsequent year and then bring it back uh, for the next winter. And at some point, one of its previous owners had given it a pedicure. Uh, and okay. by the time it came to my father, it had also acquired like a little infant UT jersey on it. I didn't realize until he brought it home as a child, because here's the other thing. They're not native to Tennessee. They, I was going to say. They're yeah. there now. They were not there when I was a child. They have since migrated uh, up from Florida. But I, you know, I had seen them by the side of the road in, in Florida every once in a while. But I didn't know that's what an armadillo was. They're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. And so my mother brought it home and was like, absolutely not. And so my father, uh, in some sort of compromise, banished it to the downstairs bathroom and would bring it out for holidays. Like he would dress it up in a little Santa hat. He, this was like, <laughs> this was my dad's American girl doll for sure. a year. Yeah. Uh, he would, he would bring it out for holidays and dress it in themed outfits. Uh, and that is really the only, uh, the only vaguely horrifying golf story I have. I am so. This bad. is Constance. She's a World War One armadillo. My dad tried with me a couple times. He tried with both of us. Uh, I am so bad at golf that it, it is beyond. It goes beyond funny, and it gets to where other people around me are just embarrassed for me. And this is and bowling, bowling, same thing. So my dad immediately gave up and put me on the swim team, and that was that was a much better that was a much better fit for me. So I. Uh, as an adult, I do enjoy a little top golf because the point is not to golf. The point is to eat potato skins uh, and drink lots and lots and lots of well vodka <laughs> under an awning. <laughs> and I, if I have strong. to pretend to play golf along with it, hey, Spencer, you've been to top golf with me. I can almost hit the ball in the direction that everybody else's are going. Potatoes yep. and vodka under an awning is, is most people have to like root for old miss to get that. Better. You just have to do top golf. I, I was dragged to top golf kicking and screaming by one of our co-hosts uh, and found that I enjoyed the experience very much because it's like Applebee's, but you don't have to stay at your table. True. Also I have always wi wanted a free range <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> and also they have Wi-Fi. Listen, I, we, we, we work from home, y'all. Our so, entertainments are few. The question this has inspired me to ask is, what do you think would be the um, most difficult animal to do taxidermy upon? To taxidermy? A sea to creature? To taxidermize. Mm. A jellyfish. Because I'll, 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 I'll just tell you this. I have begun uh, stumbling into taxidermy internet to, uh, to see what they think. Why? Oh, oh, I thought you meant like outside of the show you have begun to. <laughs> Jason's well, you know, uh, just looking to fill the time. <laughs> I'm unemployed, so... Looking to take up some hobbies. No, uh, I feel further, like armadillo spent... has to be fairly on the easy side because it's got a shell, right? You yes. Don't have to deal uh, with... What I'm what I'm gathering is that tough animals are 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 uh, that's like your rookie rookie level. Mm -hmm. So like if you're getting a botched armadillo, someone is really terrible at taxidermy. Poor pelt. Poor pelt. Oh, this pelt. was. Yeah. If, I, I if do you not have like believe a... this was this was an amateur job. I do believe. Okay. Yeah. I would I would assume it would be something with a complex coat or. Like something that where textures change, or something like a greyhound, like something with really delicate skin. Well, I mean, something hmm. with the skin itself could be delicate, but I I would assume something that had 
you know, fixtures. Like something with horns has to be hard because, you know, you got to make the edges match and they have to match naturally because a horn is a living thing. It's not necessarily this like totally dead thing. It anchors into like live skin. It's got to be hard. I will tell you this. If you want to see what bad taxidermy looks like, go look at photos of the old Beijing Natural History Museum. <laughs> I went there and oh my God, it's screamingly funny. They had two things in that museum. Corpses in formaldehyde that were very poorly preserved and when in leaky tubs of formaldehyde. And they had terrifying bad taxidermy, like a bobcat that looked like we had surprised it in its in its emergence from the afterlife as an undead bobcat. Like I caught this bobcat out. sleeping with my wife. Yeah, exactly. The bobcat's like, ah, Carol! I know I'm so not I'm, what I I'm used to be. To, I'm here to report back from the taxidermy for- forums. Uh, it's <laughs> Rabbits are very high on the list. Uh, they're very, they're ah. very delicate. Also, Squishy. they're tiny, so yeah. any mistake mm-hmm. is going to take up like ten percent of the animal, right there. Okay, I could. I lots could see and that, lots yeah. of rabbit complaints. Lots of squirrel squirrels. Squirrels. I was going to say, yeah. Foals. Also, doves. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, feathers. So. Feathers have to be difficult. Period. Right. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, so you're going to want to start with a rhinoceros for your beginner yep. taxidermy. Good. Yeah. Good. Komodo dragon, maybe. Just the kind of thing they love for you to trophy hunt and kill, to practice <laughs> if you, on. If you find one, don't go kill it. If you yeah. find one, if, if someone fans, has hit it with a car, got a rhino. Got a deal on a rhino the other day down in Naples. Left we'll you in on it. <laughs> uh, all right. Is it time to read some uh, read some read some tweets? Can we do Can we do one bit of promo first? Because I would I would feel bad if we did our whole golf golf uh disasters episode and we didn't do a little light promotion for the shotgun start which our friend brendan porath co-hosts. oh absolutely an actual yeah. golf podcast an, an yes. actual golf podcast uh, an brendan actual co- delightful golf podcast it's really, right like you've just heard my the extent of my experience with golf i love this show it is the entirety of my golf media consumption yeah i i i there is no golf media I pay any attention to other than this podcast. No. Um, you can find it where podcasts are sold, and Brendan is great on it, and so is his co-host, Andy Johnson. And um, they have seemingly acquired our technical problems. So if you really want to, like, awesome. if you're like, oh, I'm worried that another podcast uh, might, like, not have a host who forgot to record or things just disconnect in the middle. The shotgun start is for you. It will be comforting. I would like to plug one more piece of golf media while we're here for no other reason than I like them. Uh, The Golfer's Journal, which is a print-only magazine. Uh, I have had, I have written in it before about this very armadillo uh, and the events that followed it being brought into our home. I believe, Spencer, don't you have an upcoming story with them as well? I do. I do. About my favorite imaginary golfer. My piece is in issue number seven, which I think you can still order. It came out last February, but uh, it's, it is a golf magazine that I enjoy reading because most of the people in it uh, are not uh, mostly writing about golf. Sorry, that sounded insulting. Didn't no, no, I, I got where you're going. No, this is in the way, in the way that we talk about You're definitely speaking football. to the full right. cast reader there. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I feel like... I feel like those of you who are actual golf enthusiasts on this show, you don't need to be a golf enthusiast for Shotgun Start. You do for Golfer's Journal, but I recommend it anyway. I I would like to, by the way. We did ask everybody to submit their golf disasters. We have uh, both picked and allocated a 
couple of these as needed to share. I think we've managed to stay on brand with a lot of these in terms of, uh, you know, the kind of story we're talking about. For instance, um, I would like to start with a bang. Can I start with a bang, y'all? Can I start with a big, like, Bryson DeChambeau 500-yard drive? no way of stopping you. Golf is quiet. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless... Everything starts with a big bang, including golf. That's right. <laughs> An expanding universe, like Bryson DeChambeau's traps. <laughs> the big golfer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, that will eventually ends... collapse in on itself. That will yeah, eventually it ends, collapse it ends in with, on itself. Uh, heat death, and then you have the uh, the big shrink, don't you? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna like he's Bryson DeChambeau. By the way, is gonna end up being your friend who's into every fad, right? Like, yeah, let's hear him in the CrossFit. Yeah, no, powerlifting, dude. Now it's yoga. Yeah, also, I'm an ultra runner now. Bryson, like the universe, intends to live for billions of years. I'm gonna live till I'm 180. <laughs> I'm taking like 28 liver pills a day. It's Bison liver. <laughs> the left side of my body's doing keto. Yeah. The right side. <laughs> Once again, Florida State fans, you say we never talk about you or your lives. It's all about muscle confusion. It's so, all about confusing me. It's about organ confusion. This is, <laughs> this is from uh, this this is from golf adjacent Tulsa legend himself, Bunky Perkins, friend of the program, uh, avid golfer himself. Says his playing partner in a charity scramble got loaded on the course. Proceeded to ramp the golf cart off the 18th green into the parking lot, crashing into a car. He got a DUI. (laughs) Tulsa! What'd you do? I got a DUI in a golf cart in Tulsa. What the fuck you want to talk about? Was it Oregon State where back in the former cup days there was a DUI in a golf cart that occurred in the same offseason as both a drunken boating arrest and an arrest for stealing a sheep that was being used in a study on homosexuality or, and sheep? Or Oregon State. Oregon yeah. State, yeah. Okay. Just checking. Hey, man, he got a golf cart DUI for charity. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> like, the, the best part is it's I know about that, like... The kids. The sheriff showed up and he's like, I get to do this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of all of the stupid DUIs I'm going to write, this one's going to be the sweetest because <laughs> turns out the 19th hole is jail. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> is that why there's one on every golf course? I've never gotten that far. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, the Eagles Stadium. Yeah, they got, a, they got a jail in there. If you get in trouble in the 17th hole, they bury you under it. Yeah, There's do you want to know? There's one the new Cowboys Stadium. Remember, we saw it. Uh, by the way, at the Waste Management Open, yeah, you could totally get arrested. You know, one great way to get arrested is to jump into the water hazard on a dare for $2,000. I feel like whatever happens to you next will be punishment enough. Well, someone did it, and they were pulled out by security. And I will tell you, being pulled out of a water hazard in front of thousands of hooting people for two grand for a bail and ultimately legal costs that are probably going to run you about three grand puts you about a thousand under par on the day in the bad way is oh, okay i was gonna ask that's a golf joke that's my that's my first one uh because i i figured you really couldn't get more of a a start to the kind of golfer that we were likely <laughs> to encounter here than getting a dui at a charity uh golf tournament 
Uh, can I do a lightning round? I found, oh, yeah. I found a I found a really strong theme here. Um, in order from Robbie Calland, Bo Spooky, D Val KK, Bo Stiegel, and Improbus Double Zero, and Joe Van Hoos. What a crew! <clears throat> First junior tournament I ever played in. I was 13 and still quite bad. There was a par three over water, and I hit six consecutive shots in the water, <laughs> refusing to take a drop <laughs> elsewhere, and then ro- walked off the course, just filling the lake with content. Uh, Hero. Next. <laughs> I broke two van windows in one JV golf tournament. Same hole, two different vans. It's called, is that, ac- <laughs> is that accuracy or is that precision? I can't remember which okay, is Okay, listen, which. No, at Top Golf, this would be a very useful skill. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not accuracy, but it is precision. That's that's what it is. Uh, yeah. I lost eleven balls on nine holes once. <laughs> six in one pond. <laughs> all these all these little all these little tin cups out there who are like, no driver, don't you gonna lay up? No driver, <laughs> going over that water. I will conquer nature. <laughs> Do you decline? No. Do you decline? No. <laughs> Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. Uh, obviously, obviously, the theme of my group is bad decisions that continue. Compounded interest. Um, bad decisions. <laughs> Compound interest, the most powerful force in the universe. I'm directly responsible for my grandfather's country club having a rule against anyone without license to drive the golf cart. Anyone without a license. To and one day, I was eight. I erect three different carts before the tenth hole. Okay, I'm just going to say that's well, on the adults. That's not after, on you. Yeah, after the second wreck, why are you still driving? This is on the grown-ups. Because well, they, they, they figured, like, well, you can't wreck th- Like, who could wreck three? I think this is a situation drunk- where, like, mm. if you're playing Grand Theft Auto and the car is already on fire, you know to get out of it because it's about to explode, whereas yeah. Bo Stiegel is like, no, this thing's got one more hole in it. <laughs> How drunk were the adults, though, that they were like, yeah, let the kid drive. <laughs> this He's is the best option. These things, but there is no telling what I'm going to do to it. Um, from Improbus, my uncle hit the same guy twice in one round. <laughs> now that, that is accuracy versus precision. Um, and finally, from Joe Van Hoos, my neighbor invited me to a harmless $2 skins game. Ended up playing for $1,028 on the last hole. Lost. I was making- <laughs> There's more. I was making $14 an hour at the time. <laughs> that means that, like, he was like, this is it, man. This is my fuck you money. I'm going to get this grand. And I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm going to get my own place. <laughs> never going to work again. I'm, a, I'm 15. I'm going to retire. Oh, God. Now I'm in debt till I'm 99. <laughs> I had one shot, man. It's a skins game. Real money? Yeah. It was a grand. How do you... What is the intermediate step between $2 skins and betting $1,000 and $1,028? I feel like we hit the fast forward button a little. I don't know. I blacked out, man. It was was wild out there. It was crazy. It was wild golf out there. I I really don't know how that... I mean, what? $2 a person. This is why they call it the sport of kings, because this is how wars get started. Sure. I mean, so that's I was like they're all I was all fucked up on golf <laughs> that somebody somebody threw some multipliers in here. Right. Because 
this is how you end up at the big table because uh, like whole nine somebody was like let's make things interesting and the guy's like oh god this is my chance he's out there playing before. michael jordan yeah we've talked before about the signifier of hearing it turns out in the story as a as a signifier that what happened is your own fault and you are lighting i would put uh ended up in there with that same linguistic family yeah, it ended yeah. up. I can tell you <laughs> that. A, th- this sounds like someone who was like double or nothing. Again. Again. Two to the 10th power is 1024. So that's close. Yeah, with, a little, with, a little, with a little, uh, little interest. Little, and little a little after. We'll make it so interesting. So if, you're doing, if yeah. you're doing mental math in your head and you've been drinking out of plastic cups all afternoon, that's maybe a 128. <laughs> that's right. it. Somebody just threw <laughs> yeah. a zero in yeah. there at one point. I think that's a grand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It was Charles Barkley based on that voice. <laughs> hey guys, you wanna play some go? Oh, a little interesting. Charles Barkley is terrific, I will say. Yeah, oh, you, can you do? Can you give us Scottish Charles Barkley? God, oh. should, should we have? Should we? Have, this should have been a golf podcast the whole time. Shit. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, that's, oh, oh I, I can't even do it. It's horrible. Scottish, Scottish Charles Barkley. <laughs> oh, hey. Great Ned, I've never seen anything so. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I can't even get through it. Ernie, so Ernie, Ernie. <laughs> he sounds like C3PO breaking apart. I know. Oh, I can't. Oh, Kenny, that's just terrible. I can't breathe. Oh, oh God. David Booker needs to get out of Phoenix. <laughs> He's a shite hole. Oh my God! Please. Spencer, read another one. Spencer, read another one. I will read another one. Um, God, Scottish Charles Barkley would be even fatter, wouldn't he? I'm crying. If you introduce Charles Barkley to Scotch eggs, it's over. No, they're just called me eggs. Yeah, just me. <laughs> Have you had these? They're delicious. Um, so, um, this is really a story about somebody's grandfather. This comes from Springstead 25. At around the age of eight or nine, I was hitting golf balls with a buddy in my grandparents' backyard, unsupervised. Unsupervised is an important word that clues you in as to how the rest of these scenarios are going to go. When he knocked me out with cold with a backswing, I wake up with my 70-ish year old grandfather shirtless driving me to the emergency (laughs) room to get my head glued back together. This is just a prelude, though. Number two. A few years earlier. Same person? Okay. Yep, a few years earlier, while I had a backcountry driving range. Oh, what a magnificent collection (laughs) of words that is. With the same grandfather, I was bit by one of the range owner's Jack Russell Terriers. Only memory. Wow, that's a sentence that you could have stopped a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. It would have been amazing. Uh, Only memory is the dog jumping up and that same grandfather, again shirtless, carrying me up the hill to the ER. (laughs) Number three. Feel it's important to mention that yes, we live in Florida, but the first story was in Georgia. Yeah. Go Gators and go Bulls. You've made like an HMO Sisyphus out of your grandfather for golf. <laughs> Just like his whole childhood, I want to imagine is his shirtless grandfather going, oh, God damn it, let's get to the <laughs> ER again. But not putting a shirt on. Not like, oh, I got to go to the hospital. Better put a shirt on. Nope. I got bit by a dog at a backcountry driving range as a child. 
Nothing sings. Nothing speaks to my blood what more than that What would the Jason Aldean version of this song sound like? <laughs> it's my, it's like shit. <laughs> it sounds bad because Jason Aldean is crap. No, I was asking I Jason for his jeans, truck, shirts, <clears throat> cutie rendition. Okay, I just wanted to say I, that. I, I'm mostly just focused on the idea of backcountry Jack Russell. Like, yeah. like a roving band of dingoes. <laughs> like, do you know that driving range is a bunch of dudes who look like ill-tempered Jack Russell Terriers and an actual <laughs> ill-tempered Jack Russell Terrier just going all going like, I'm out of Bud Light. This sucks. I need to get some cigarettes. I'm going to bite this kid. <laughs> Maybe he's got Bud Light. Maybe he's I got Bud Light. Uh, hey, I can't close up until these two leave. Fuck it. I'm going to bite him. <laughs> That's that what it was. <laughs> There was a grandfather going, ah, Pinky got him. He's in a, he's, he is an ill-tempered dog. I should have hey, warned get, him. Get that bastard on out of here. Go bite him. Yeah. <laughs> Show who's dominant. God damn it. Oh, is it my turn? Uh, yeah. yeah, Holly, you're up next. All right. Uh, I've tried to stick to a theme for most of mine, and that theme is birds. I was teeing off on a par three, says friend of the program, Blanks. And there was a pond to the right. I hit the ball real hard, dead right, an inch off the ground. It was stopped before hitting the pond by a fuzzy duckling, which exploded into beak and feet. Oh, no. Yes. Save the ball, though. <laughs> Clutch. Hero uh, bird. Uh, you Randy this- Johnson to duckling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's more. <laughs> This is like reverse Easter. <laughs> like, like, oh look, we found a, we found a ball. <laughs> um, to complete this round, uh, as a repayment for last week when I was unavailable for prep, uh, I am going to assign Ryan lines in the spreadsheet that he has not yet read. And I am going to have him read them live. Ryan, if you could begin with line 20 from friend of the program, Jargonaut. I was playing with my dad and friend, teeing off on an uphill par three and had to go over a road with a bridge. Scold the fuck out of a seven iron into a railing on the bridge. Ball ricocheted back into my dad's chest, who was standing 15 feet behind me and to the right. You think you're safe back there, don't you? It's it's always nice when it's always nice when golf can become an evil word problem. That's what I love. Yeah, my dad is traveling at two miles an hour. (laughs) This golf cart leaves my club traveling at fifty-five miles an hour. Anytime you can hit somebody, anytime you can hit somebody who's standing behind you, (laughs) that's the ideal. Like Spencer is right that the the kid getting hit in the nuts. Like, I'm sure he was standing in a quote-unquote safe place. But the problem is, like, golf safety presumes good play. Like, here is where to stand to avoid a, a golf ball hit by somebody capable. A golf ball hit by somebody who's not capable is a random number generator. And you being even, like, on the course at that point, you have assumed the risk. Uh, you know what? I'm going to interrupt, and uh, I'm going to call part of that statement completely inaccurate as okay. long as Phil, as long as Phil Mickelson is alive <laughs> because Phil Mickelson will attempt shots so difficult that sometimes in fact they do come into contact with spectators sure. at high speed 
Sure. Often where they do not expect a ball to be or where many think it was not theoretically possible. And then he gives them $100 and signs the ball. <laughs> Didn't he hit one onto the roof of a club? What's that story that you were telling me? He's about hit everything. Okay. Phil Nicholson has hit. Jesus. He hit the he hit the top of the <laughs> hospitality tent with the US Open on the line. That's the it, one I'm thinking of. It, yeah, winged foot in 2006. He was going to win the US Open and instead of doing that, he was like, "Y'all watch me bang this bomb." And he uh, got out the driver when he should have put a forward, hit it off the hospitality tent, then hit a tree, then tried to hit it over that same three-story tall tree and lost the tournament because I got to hit bombs. See, this is where I feel like my dad should have kept me trying to learn golf because I can be this tenacious and pig-headed and bad at golf and I'd be bad at financial crime. So there's nothing between me and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. See, Phil Mickelson's open world golf where you'll never know where the ball Unmanageable egotism, weirdly shaped body. I got it all. It's a I very mean, it's a very Rex Grossman approach. Listen, he hit the hotel at St. Andrews. Yeah, sure. Which is beautiful. Like there's nothing like the best part is he's lining up, you're like, do it, Phil. Hit the hotel. Do <laughs> it. <laughs> hotel. You, hit the hotel. You show that hotel who's boss. Spencer, you don't sh- you have a story on the spreadsheet from one of our readers that has a similar predicament? Um, I do. I have several. I, I have my my theme tends to go around injury, and around uh, other things that you think shouldn't be hit. I've got a couple like that. Uh, the first is one is from Robert Nolan, which was was about 160 yards out, just behind the 150 yard marker pole. Miss hit the ball directly into the 150 pole, <laughs> shattering it into a thousand pieces. <laughs> You're free, golf course. <laughs> now we don't know where we are. Loosed from the tyranny of measurement. The curse has been broken. <laughs> At least you know exactly how far it was. Well, I hit it at 150 yards. Well, now we're all lost. We'll never find our way home. Yeah. Uh, another one comes from Roto Tutor, which uh, I'll do a little bit of a speed round here. Uh, my dad always carried a one iron in his bag and was the only oh, man I God, ever saw able to Jesus. hit it. When he died, I used to carry it in tribute. Thought I'd be cute and punch out of the woods with it one day. The oh, ball no. ricocheted off a tree and knocked my buddy unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> have, have, have you ever seen a one iron? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I don't God. think I have. It's, it's an evil looking man. It looks yeah. like a child drew a golf club. Yeah. Like big, like if you if you're like, what is it? It's a big piece of metal. It's That's a, what a it's, it's a wood block on the end. Yeah, of it. skinny skinny pole, big wood block. Yeah, that's. <laughs> And I imagine that's exactly like now you're seeing the children's drawing of this whole incident, right? Yeah. 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 It's even so better. So my dad always carried Mjolnir in his bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one could pick it up. And then when I tried to be a smartass with it, his ghost came down and almost killed my friend. A one iron um, is kind of like just having like a, a mallet hammer on the end of a stick and just be like, I hit with this. It's yeah. fun. If I could, occasionally, there are people who do the challenge where you only play with three clubs. Sure. I would totally take a one iron just for cussedness. Just like, because I'm not going to be good anyway. Factor. It might as well be weird. Yeah. Right. That's that's, that's yeah. the motto. Yeah. Um, and then, but this is this is all a build up to uh, to this from uh, Staircase Wit. Work maintenance for a county course in high school. Oh man, county courses. <laughs> I have a feeling the best possible they're, stories. They're rugged, okay? They're rugged yeah. and they're and they're for the people. 
Yeah, well, what's more rugged than uh, working a county course? Okay, how about working the tree crew at a county oh, course? No. Because oh, no. had a buddy who just returned to work after missing two days being T-boned by a car that ran a red light. Boss tells us the oak trees need the shoots removed, which means we'd be climbing 30 to, 40, 30 to 50 foot trees with pruners. We had just gotten into our first trees, which happened to line the fifth fairway. <laughs> about 20 feet off the ground, we hear a weak four as a ball screams through the 12-inch gap between me and my tree and hits my ailing co-worker directly in the ribs, <laughs> causing him to fall out. <laughs> this is So this is the funniest part about golf to me is that it's this sport that requires so much main, like physical maintenance of the course, like from the design to making sure like everything is cut the right way to the slope of the green, blah 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 blah. The, mm -hmm. the traps, and it's just it, in in ninety nine percent of cases, it's just so a bunch of assholes can go fuck it up. It's just it's just like imagine if all tennis, like most people who play tennis, go play on some shitty hard court somewhere. But imagine if all tennis was played on Wimbledon, like these carefully manicured tennis courts, and then you saw like your shitbird uncle go out there a little bit hungover and just like slam his racket into the ground. Yeah. Now I want to see this actually, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's an, it's an immense it's an immense waste of effort for people who don't deserve the nice thing that they have been given. Well, and that's what makes an American. Every golf course is a, is in effect a golden toilet because yeah it's a gold toilet you know what's going in it yeah golf that's balls. that's that's and it yeah flushes all of them golf People. balls golf balls that's right uh, so all this talk of that's injury has inspired me I've been playing uh, my video game of choice at the moment is Sniper Elite where you shoot Nazis and you watch the bullet like you you get this x-ray cam where it's like oh that's the part of his skull it went in and there goes his brain spewing out of his skull you got like you get the full x-ray cam we're going to make a golf video game where if you hit a a a pedestrian a fan a, a what what do they call them at the masters um they call them patrons a a patron. pa yeah you, you hit a masters oh, okay. patron you yeah. get the 3d cam and it says liver shot right <laughs> and you get you <laughs> you get Phil, like, 10 Phil Mickelson's like going, okay, I got 10 grand on this. It's going straight <laughs> to his skull. Gonna you got 100 XP. <laughs> Kidney shot. C4, yeah. I'm going to break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got mines, you got grenades. Yeah. Golf is awesome. Um, I have a Phil Mickelson uh, tale. This comes to us from Full Cash Reader Jordan. When the Barclays was at Bethpage in 2012, Phil Mickelson showed up at my friend's house because he couldn't find where he was supposed to stay. So he just knocked on however many doors until he found it. Wow. I, uh, I mean, there's a lot you could do with this. To me, this first this suggests is this, this Third Amendment case. Like, sure. like if mm. Phil Mickelson is trying to quarter himself in my residence without my oh, consent. No, no, sir. Not. No, no, no. The funniest part Phil's, about Phil, Phil's lost. The funniest part about Phil Mickelson is that all of these things that he does, like Spencer, if you go out and do some dumb shit in life or in on the <laughs> yes. golf course, yeah, fair. You are doing it by yourself. Yeah, Phil Mickelson has a caddy, and so every Phil dumb Mickelson thing has to have like an entire support team, right? Well, exactly. Not, yeah, but but, not but just at least that, but also like a thousand patrons following him. Exactly. Yeah, but at, but at least on the golf course, every time Phil Mickelson does something stupid, he has had a conversation 
with another trusted human who almost certainly said, don't do this, Phil. And he said, fuck you, I'm doing it. Because there's a hundred dudes in like uh, polos and khaki shorts and visors saying, knock on that door, Phil. That's the right one. Accenture Army. That's no, that's actually like I have followed Phil at a tournament and that is 100 percent. It's a bunch of guys in quarter zips who all work in finance or want to talk about finance sure. and they're all lined up behind him like phil you need to do that insider trading shit again the wolf of ball street yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's really the, the that's, that's really what ball it's street. like yeah and like <laughs> wow. yeah Stupid. it's the best it's pronounced wolf <laughs> Also, that's that's how actually like that's how the 2006 Wingfoot thing happened. He lined up, and you can hear his caddy going, "Well, no, you got a safe shot here." <laughs> oh, like like oh, just and take he a says, four. Fuck you. Just <laughs> take a four. Just take a four wood. Caddy's like, like I got a family, man. <laughs> like he literally, he literally had hit it into a garbage can the hole before. My kid like, braces, Phil. We talked about this. Yeah, no, like he's like just take the four wood, man, and and he lines up, and you can hear him on the video go driver. Like that's, and you see everyone around him. Like half the crowd is like, "Fuck yeah, Phil, let's hit bombs!" And the other half is like, the other half sitting there just going like, "Oh no, no!" Put no, it in no. the dumpster, Phil. <laughs> Do it. Put it in my skull. I love it. Sign the hole. Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, give me the kidney shot. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, are Phil Mickelson trailers uh, Penn State Twitter? Are yeah, they, they are. They are, they really all, are. are they all Trace McSorley era Penn State Twitter? Phil Mickelson killed my child. Yeah, Phil, every golf fan is when uh, that WrestleMania where the main event was ladies. Mm. Yeah, I have um, stapled but- a scorecard to my forehead. Listen, yeah. Becky Lynch can and should uh, shove a truncheon down my throat and then just twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. and we lo- and we love it. We love yeah. it. Becky um, Lynch clubbed me with the one iron. <laughs> <laughs> if you can carry it, indeed. Um, I have um, I have one that I would like to, to pop in with. By the way, Jason, is that the sniper game where you get to shoot Hitler in the balls? What? Uh, I haven't gotten to that. That might be uh, Spoiler. an earlier one. That does not happen in Sniper Alert 4, though it probably they should probably do that in all of them. One of the sniper games, I know you can shoot Hitler in the balls. That is you- festive. Yeah, in slow motion. <laughs> He's sure. like, oh! Yeah, it, it, it does give you exploding Nazi gonad cam. Like, if what they step on one of your life? landmines, it's like you see them flailing and like, wow, their nuts just blew up. Now they can't make any more Nazis. Yeah, so... Um, Math checks out. This was from... I like this one uh, from Kyle Stevens because there's a cameo from someone who I assume uh, is either his mother or a lady relative of some sort. Maybe a childhood intimate friend caught my brother flush That's in the a weird f- thing to say. Well, you'll see because it's not totally clear. <laughs> but the the witness the witness also, who it's is not even your turn, but go off. It's okay. it's either his mother or a childhood intimate friend. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mister Attorney, you want just me to clarify go. on this? I, I wasn't going to go ahead and assume anything. No, just go. It's no, no, fine. no. If the court will permit me, I'll slander this woman. <laughs> I just say, don't wow. like I don't like that you said childhood intimate friend. 
Anyway, as somebody who definitely <laughs> understands human relationships, diddle him in a treehouse. I a think what <laughs> what I'm hearing is like imaginary like ghost friend. <laughs> imaginary ghost friend Linda has a Twitter account and she shows okay. up I mean, when like summoned. Elena Ferrante intimate friend or yes, I mean they sit. I mean they sit around eating artichoke hearts and drinking espresso and talking about the sad passage of time. All right, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Again, Florida State fans, you say we never talk about you. Kyle Stevens caught my brother flush in the face with my driver. We were young, and I wasn't supposed to be playing with the clubs. He walked behind me, never saw him. I want to say around 50 stitches around his eye. Missed the eye completely, though. So much blood, as Linda Sue One can confirm. In a response, Linda Sue One shows up and says, Above the eye, below the eye, and so much blood on my beige carpet! Exclamation point. What childhood intimate friend complained about their beige carpet? <laughs> Although you cried harder, laugh, loudly crying, laughing face emoji, 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 emoji. Good. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a turn. I'm going to return us to our uh, bird theme in just a moment, but I need, I need one more Mickelson-style antics story, so I'm going to turn to user Paul. A uh, co-worker was chosen to drive our bosses at our firm's golf trip in Scottsdale. We returned to the Waste Management Open because he is terrible at golf. He got the cart stuck on a rock about five <laughs> feet above everything else in the middle of a dry gully. We never figured out how he got it there or got it down. He was sober. He had the largest auto insurance policy limits I've ever seen on an individual. <laughs> Hey, oh. you know what? Knowing you know yourself what? That is, is good. No, that is situational awareness, and That's I right. applaud it. That's right. That's self-actualization mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. Geico. Let's pick another one for Ryan. Okay. Uh, Ryan, let's take you. Let's take you to line twenty-three uh, and friend of the program Matt Scalisi's story. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right, got it right here. My first job was working as a cart boy at a public golf course, so I have two stories. Number one. The boss came by one day, one day and said the landscaping guy didn't show up and he needed one of us to run the mower. My coworker and I flipped for it and I won. A few minutes later, I watched as he started the self-propelled lawnmower. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on all the he said was on, run the mower. On the side of a hill facing downhill toward a lake. I saw it coming and there was nothing I could do. He cranked it. And the mower immediately took off into the water. <laughs> Look, you said run the mower. Uh, number two, on my last day of work before the end of summer, the girls who ran the snack cart called me in a panic on the walkie-talkie and said they needed my help. I sped over to where they were, where they revealed they had crashed the snack cart into a tree and badly bent the metal roof frame. There's a blowtorch in the cart barn, I told them. <laughs> Do you know how to use it? Asked one of the girls. Yes, I lied. <laughs> I attempted for about 20 minutes before informing them that the torch must not be the kind that gets hot enough to melt metal. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind. Yeah. I clocked well, it's, out. It's one of those like lady golf courses or golf courses. It's one of those blowtorches for ladies. It's a kids. It's a kids blowtorch. It's the kind yeah. you use to make the crust on like a nice flan. Sure, yeah, it's, is, a, it's a creme brulee torch. It's yeah. just a sparkler. <laughs> I clocked out and did not return. I have no idea what became of the poor snack. Cart. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a horrifying amount of like dangerous equipment at a golf course that is entrusted to like grubby teens. Mm-hmm. Blow torches, like and actual like flamethrowers, the kind that trim brush. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <clears throat> heavy, heavy landscaping equipment, gas-powered golf carts. You've got those, and that's all with like the natural uh, disaster that can come just from the golf itself. To Florida, you add in that like perpetual lightning and tornadoes and shit. Yeah, golf is just and alligators. Yeah, it, golf is basically like beckoning you to die in an embarrassing fashion let's finish up light lightning bird round all right uh i was 15 years old playing with friends says user jonathan scott i hit a drive to about 100 and between me and the hole was a creek and about 30 geese just walk away just walk away that's not your life man geese are an enemy of humanity and cannot be trusted i took a sand wedge scalded about three feet off the ground and heard a thwack my ball hit a goose directly in the neck, oh, breaking it <laughs> and killing it instantly. That's but, a lot of neck. But the thing about breaking a goose neck is that if it breaks about halfway up, it just slumps over onto itself like an upside down U. <laughs> um, mm. Go Canes. All right. Uh, next <clears throat> bird story. Was Okay, hang on. This isn't a bird story, but we have one more wildlife tale was having a horrible round on a public course in D.C., says reader Andy Pratt. I finally hit a decent drive on the 12th hole. As I got about 50 yards to the ball, a fox comes out of the bushes, stops at my ball to look me square in the eyes, then picks it up and runs off. The disrespect. <laughs> that feels the like... Disrespect. That's a dead relative. That's 100% a dead relative. <laughs> this is like I came some... back, bitch! Yeah, this is like some fucking like Danish tale that if this happens, you'll have one year of bad luck or something. Imagine He's how much bad you. golf that it, dude. It's a public course in D.C. Imagine yeah. how many bad golfers come through in the form of like congressional aides and whatnot. But this guy, the the fox couldn't take him. Nope. You have been visited by golf fox. <laughs> <laughs> Press F to pay respects to golf fox. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm Golf Fox. That's my ball now. God you damn know, golf. if he's Golf Fox, then that makes our friend Slippy in this tale, I'm afraid. Golf Fox appears no. in some, <laughs> some some haunted Danish wizened man <laughs> from 1840 comes out and is like, he's chosen you. Repeated <laughs> <laughs> slander a, of the so you Danish have whole, people on this episode. I'm now picturing some entire fucking midsummer festival where like <laughs> the Golf Fox has chosen you. Now you have to like be burned in a barn dressed up as leave, the Golf Fox. We will leave yeah. two of you in giant golf fox. It is, it is very great honor. <laughs> From DJ Ringus. Hit a duck on the 8th. We were on the ninth. Boom. Count it. <laughs>